on the Texas Steampunk Connection, your source for steampunk event information in the great free state of Texas. We also discuss books, films, comics, and games. Also, we enjoy visiting with the local steampunk luminaries. I'm Flavio. I'm Erica. And I'm Fax, your hosts. Thank you for tuning in, and now on to the episode. Welcome, Texas Steampunk Connection, Season 2, Episode 13. Not coming to you live, not coming to you direct, but instead recorded and edited for your listening pleasure. (laughs) Now, you may have noticed that we're a little behind schedule, but there's a reason for that. We went on an adventure this weekend, the day we were supposed to be recording. Isn't that right, guys? (laughs) I would rather go on adventures than record this any day. (laughs) Well, we have to have something to record about. Right. It's just (laughs) real awkward when we... Just sit here and talk about nothing, which, which we have done. Yes. And <laughs> Almost all the time, really. <laughs> That's what we do. That's what podcasts are. Well, my podcast is anyway. It's true. <laughs> uh, so what did we do? We went, oh, we became film stars, sort of. Extras. Of. Extras. Extras. Hey, Extra go. film stars. <laughs> Extra we were in the stars. background for a very low budget, no budget. <laughs> it was a student film. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the uh, UT graduates is, or was, probably still is, making a, a short fan film mm-hmm. uh, based on Into the Badlands, yep. an AMC movie, TV show, CV's station <laughs> original show. Right. And Into the Badlands, well, shall we talk about the adventure first or Into the Badlands? Um I don't care. You don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about what we did first. Sure. Okay. So we went out early morning, Sunday night or Sunday morning, Sunday morning, Sunday so morning. early. Oh, so early. So they wanted us there at nine and it was like an hour away and I am not used to getting up at seven <laughs> in the morning. It really wasn't an hour away. Not really. That I had to come pick so you up. Oh, that's grouchy. true. But it was on the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, first off, our friend Lisa Turner, who was on our podcast earlier, put out a call for extras on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. She really sort of drove the the extra wrangling. Yep, she Uh, called out for steampunk extras, dust punk, post-apocalyptic punk, um, and we answered the call. Well, they they stated up front they wanted they were looking for steampunks mm-hmm. to be extras in their show. I didn't know anything about it. Right. I never watched this this program. I just knew that I needed to show up in a park in my steampunk gear, um, but not the dandy. Type. Well, I didn't. I you know that was the only direction they gave. Yeah. Not dandy, yeah. <laughs> More post-apocalyptic, not dandy. When no, I, asked. I didn't see that. Well, because I asked what flavor of steampunk, and she answered more post-apocalyptic, dust pump, not dandy. Oh. <laughs> well, I don't have that. I know. Well, you have a cowboy hat. Oh, shit. <laughs> Whoopee. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So we get up early Sunday morning, which I don't normally do. No, me neither. No. <laughs> no. I'm leaving for work. And it's already warm, getting warmer, getting hotter. As, as we uh, get yeah, out there, yeah, um, and the, I, the temperatures this just this week it got to 104. I know it was uh, bad. This, it had just rained Saturday evening, so I was hoping it would be a little cooler. Hoping, yeah, <laughs> not that, so lucky. Uh, it could have been worse, but it could have been better. Right, and um, I made the unfortunate decision to wear my duster. <laughs> and a leather vest. You looked fantastic. Yes, but I did look good. Thank we you. Sacrifice. It's more important to look good than to feel good. Yes, yes, yes for darling, sure. Yes. <laughs> and we did look good. And we did not feel good. No. <laughs> what we learned was making films is hard. Even yeah, for extras. Yeah, even yeah. for the extras. <laughs> Just the take after take after take of the same thing. 
Uh, now, I didn't know it was based on the Batlands from the Facebook event or anything. I mean, I know it said Batlands on there, but I didn't make the connection to the TV show yeah, until I, I got there and I saw like the main fighter guy that's his main character He's dressed up. Same jacket as that guy in that show. Exactly. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> and then next thing I know what they're talking about into the Badlands. Like, aha, I guessed it right. And I said, ah, I guess I have to watch that show. So I don't know anything <laughs> about it. Oh, but it was it was it was overall fun time. I the 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 main character, I guess he's a, actually has a martial arts. Well, he knows martial arts and he did the choreography. Okay. For the for the fight scene that you were in. Yeah, Fax was in the fight scene. He got killed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was one of those dying extras, so that was extra fun. Yeah, he Fax f- died at unobtainium too. I think he's being typecast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you, that, you found your calling, Fax, the dying guy. I had to fall down over and over and over. You fell on a mat? Sometimes. Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> I dragged the mat over. You don't look so well. You want this mat? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, once again, you sacrifice for the art. <laughs> uh, they yeah. did the mat for the close-up shot because they weren't going to. They wouldn't get the mat in the in the in the picture. And now we've got to take that coat to the dry cleaners. <laughs> I, I got a lot of real movie dirt on my clothes, which is kind of cool, I guess. Yep, and we have no idea when this is going to be shown or where or uh, yes, how or why we do. Oh, awesome. Oh, uh, yeah, they, they advertised that this was for uh, an entry in the Austin Indie Fest. Oh, okay. Which is at www.austinindiefest.com. I haven't been there, right. and I imagine there's really nothing there to see yet and because people are still making their... So their it's going to be at Indie Fest. Is there a date? Is there a date? I don't no. know. Okay. <laughs> okay, so anyway, look for Austin Indie Fest, and we'll fig- we'll find I'm out. I'm sure you know, we'll keep you posted mm-hmm. on our show, because we want you to see our smiling faces. Right. I was in the background trying to look like I was wanting to jump in the fight, <laughs> but you not were, quite getting in there. <laughs> you, you were standing over with these two beautiful, well-dressed yes. uh, young ladies. Oh, yeah. They were very, very, very attractive women. <laughs> Which... Which was way better than just standing over here with the thugs, like I was, getting thrown on the ground every five minutes. Yep. You want to trade spots? Nope. Too late now. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> well, you okay. Know, it's not like I. It's not like I. I mean, made any kind of impression on them or anything. You know. So <laughs> they were out of there as soon as they could. <laughs> but I don't blame them because it was freaking hot. <laughs> and what we didn't realize until a couple of days later is. Um, the park was full of chiggers. Mm. So, and yep, I guess it, there's some sort of delay before those those welts start to rise. But Monday, so it's two days later. No, that was we filmed next on day. Sunday. Yeah, next day, suddenly I started itching. Yep, I started itching last itching night. Everywhere, but not so bad as you because I wasn't rolling around on the ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> jerk. <laughs> could not sleep last night oh it was it was uh, such a fascinating experience being in the movies right so i mean yeah they, they, they did take after take after take with different angles and views and everything and we had to re- you know try to repeat the same thing we did every time because that's how you make movies right exactly i get it and the, the main oh. director guy he turned himself into an extra as well because apparently he stepped in for someone who didn't show up <laughs> And he got killed as well, and was kept and was throwing himself at me, so I had to catch him so he wouldn't <laughs> fall flat on his face or run into a tree or something. <laughs> so I kept doing that. That wasn't so bad, you know. I don't know. If, I don't know if he was flirting with me or not, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, that but he was a nice guy, <laughs> uh, Dante Cuevas, mm-hmm. uh, according to his Facebook page. 
that was Dante falling into your arms <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> oh, who says romance is dead? I kept thinking back on that because I, I went back and watched Badlands. Sweet. You mean for the first time you saw? I would right <laughs> to see see what the heck this was supposed to be like. Right, and I kept thinking if I just had more time, I could have made better costumes for those guys. Yeah, and I mean, maybe some some. But he had uh, he had no budget. Some weapon so. props, you know. I don't know. I could have could have done a little some. Well. Maybe maybe you can talk to him for later projects. <laughs> you can help him out. Meh. Oh well, but too late now. But yeah, I mean, they had some weapon prop weapons that they were fighting with, you know. And yeah, I, I, yeah. You know, I had a real knife, but I couldn't use it, obviously. And I wasn't gonna. I <laughs> I didn't want to hold it while I was catching the guy. <laughs> yeah, there were a few a few real knives there. I'm like, oh, somebody's gonna get stabbed. <laughs> Nobody got stabbed. It's Nobody okay. got stabbed. I got stabbed, and then it fell down, over, over, and over. Right. Apparently the. <laughs> and apparently the boom mic is really sensitive because they can hear like planes flying overhead and people talking off in the distance and we say everyone's like oh, hold on we gotta wait for the noise to stop and it's crying all, babies stand there in the heat yeah yeah <laughs> that baby was better behaved than anyone should expect a baby to be so yeah he didn't seem that bad he no. cried on occasion but not uh, not constantly no or I, I think of, of of all the unwanted distractions out there the the frisbee golfers that kept walking in and going you guys have a permit are you with the county why are you here why are you blocking our form that 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 did they really do that yes wow were, i didn't realize that was happening yeah these jackasses kept trying to walk through the walk through where y'all were filming and and they were they were assured yes that we there has been a permit obtained we do yep. have a permit to film here mm-hmm. We have reserved this area of the park. You can fuck off now. All right, you're just a stupid frisbee golfer. <laughs> but they were. Let's tell you, you know, where you can go. I had I had always pictured frisbee golf as sort of a you know peaceful, uh, cannabis inspired <laughs> sport. Yeah, that's what uh, I thought it was. So I, I was really sh- shocked and surprised to find such abject hostility from these people. That doesn't surprise me at all little type a personalities man yep in two different parks back when you and i played boffer larping yeah we played basically in the middle of a frisbee golf that's true route mm-hmm. and all the time we got into to altercations with the frisbee golfers they were always dicks all right frisbee golfers <laughs> smoke up and right. chill out right. definitely chill out man and and I've never seen like a frisbee golfer, you know they've got their little bag of effing frisbees. Yeah. The one time I went go- go- golfing, <laughs> like I brought a cooler because I wasn't there to win frisbee golf trophies. I was right. there to drink beer. <laughs> yeah, I went frisbee golfing once with another friend of mine, and we didn't even get to the whole course. We we're like, he's like, oh look at the time, I gotta go. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> just, it's an excuse to wander around in the in the woods drinking beer. That who cares? <laughs> I didn't. I, mean, I don't even know. I, I don't. I don't even think I did any very good at it anyway. You know. So <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but then, yeah, I don't, I, I'm really surprised to find out that they were hostile. I did not realize that. I oh, saw yeah. a couple of them come through. Yeah, we managed to fend off most of them before they oh, interrupted you. the awesome. filming. But uh, I remember a couple of guys walking through, and I'm like walking like right very near them like about five feet away mm-hmm. looking at them and they're like looking at the ground they're not making eye contact with anybody they're just walking <laughs> just, straight just through, through. just keep like, going just keep going wow they're in a they had really weird uh, a vibe 
body language to them. They were just like, really, don't look at me, don't touch me. Like they were guilty of something? Or? Like, I don't, they, they were in hostile territory, like we were going to get them. <laughs> to be fair, they had just walked past a woman who was breastfeeding and a woman who was, you know, putting her petticoats up about her head and trying to stay cool, so... <laughs> <laughs> they were they were What's well freaked out by, yeah. by the time they got to y'all. Boobers and vagoobers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> hooray! What's what's not to like? I was wearing bloomers, so just to be clear on this, there was no vagoober <laughs> on my part. Yeah, so this is based on a TV show called Into the Badlands. <laughs> <laughs> not, okay. not the boobers and boobers. I think they're okay. starting like season three soon, or they're working on season three now. I think there's only been two seasons. I've watched both seasons when they came out. I actually just watched the first few episodes to catch up to find out what I watched I, them today just to figure out what the heck we did this weekend. Right. And honestly, when I first saw it, I never, I didn't really think steampunk myself either. It is definitely a post-apocalyptic show. And, and Erica hasn't seen it at all, so we're yeah. we're going to get to sort of describe it to you. Oh, hooray. And so I, I wrote down some notes uh, <laughs> oh, on the notes. way over how, here. How professional. So, okay. so the genre is kung fu. It's a kung fu show. I'd well, say yeah, the main character is a good, a solid martial- 50% of the yeah, show. The main character is a big martial artist in real life. People jumping around and stabbing each other. Okay. And they, okay. they use wire works like in the old yeah, kung fu yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah, And they do a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the, the genre. Okay. And then the setting is a very a post-apocalyptic dystopia. And they're not really clear about how far in the future it is or what the apocalypse was. But here's the kicker. The theme is the antebellum south. Yeah, with barons. So and so there's there's these, uh, uh, what do I want to say, plantation owners. Okay. Who are the barons. They're the, the powerful, rich, influential guys who also know kung fu. Right. They right. have to to survive. And then they have these... Well, the one that we're following at the beginning of the show, that I, part that I watch, he's got these huge poppy fields with with slaves that are working in the fields. That are called cogs. Yeah. So it's steampunk. Yes. I, I, don't, I don't know. And it's not the it, it's not a, a, a racial thing. It's just rich people and poor people. But they're still slaves. Gotcha. Versus, versus the, the uh, rich landowners, which the few that I've seen so far are totally white and has southern accents. Yes. So that part, I mean, solid antebellum south in a post-apocalyptic kung fu wasteland. So what do you think of, uh, what do you think of my description so far? Okay, so when you're, when you're uh, reading a piece of literature or watching a movie and you're, you've got your standards of what is steampunk, what are your, what are your standards of steampunk? Oh, um, so we've, we've talked about this it's in yep. season one a few times right we've got uh victorian themes okay victorian aesthetic the visual cues and themes okay so does this show have any bustles or hats or goody bits some some okay mm-hmm. all right um, all right so there's some the, costume aspects visually yeah. yeah some of the women they wear they wear bustles and and corsets and stuff like that and the men mm-hmm. some of them and the some of the women are wearing hats and vests yeah. and you know dressed up okay. long, coats, yeah, so, long coats and uh, do they do like victorian style etiquette 
cotillion bullshit? No. No. Okay. No. Nothing like that. Okay. So they've got a look, but they don't have the so, Victorian manners or the... the. It, uh, it's not a hard Victorian, but Okay. All right. Uh, so that's one. There, there are cues that they pull in. All right. So um, two? Two would be uh, science fiction, weird gadgets, right. and sciencey gigas and... There's not that really a lot of, of that, really. No, I'm going to say no to that entirely. Okay. They have, you know, uh, they, they use swords and one of the hand, rules hand is there, there are no guns yep. whatsoever, hmm. um, which is kind of important when you're trying to establish a kung fu basis, right? Because guns will ruin everything. Guns break it. Yeah. Okay. But there's not any other like weird. No lightning stuff. guns or steam. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nothing like that. Yeah. Rail the guns main character or gets like a, that. gets a motorcycle. With, oh. where everybody else gets horses yeah okay and, and later on in the show there are some a, there's a car it's not a weird fuel. weird yeah. motorcycle as far as we can tell it's just Gasoline, a regular motorcycle diesel, yeah something mm-hmm. along mm-hmm. those lines yeah, and, and there are cool. later in the future in the, in the show that there are a couple of cars here and there but there's regular gasoline old beat up cars you know okay. there are kind of classic cars Kinda, but like 1930s yeah. gangster-looking cars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, All right, yeah. so not really. Yeah. And the third uh, steampunk trope, dystopia or uh, anti-establishment themes. Okay, so that's kind of there. And yeah, that that's there because I mean, yeah, the whole show centers around basically bringing down the barons and the mm-hmm. you know. All right. So you know, we got to bring down the barons. Down with the aristocracy. Yeah, pretty it's much. Funny, though, you know. but. Like like you said, even though it it sort of hits all three of those of those of our definition check, <laughs> check boxes, it doesn't feel steampunk particularly. Right. That's why. Yeah. When I first watched it, I never thought to myself, "Hey, this is a steampunk show." I just thought it was. A, it's a pretty cool kung fu, you know. Yeah, show. yeah. It's, and then it's, what's the fourth? That, no, that's it. Oh, that's it. That's and, just and, and in fact, we generally say. Two, out of, two out of three is good enough. But for some reason, this one still just doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't feel quite. Like, Make it, yeah. It, it, I would, I would say because I think it's focused more steampunk, on the fighting. Yeah, the, steampunk is not a goal they set out. We want to make a steampunk style show, and no, they want to make a martial arts show. Mm-hmm. It's what they want to do, and the martial arts is, are excellent in this show. I mean, their their choreography is awesome. They even do the wire works like in the like in the kung fu movies, mm-hmm. you know, with people jumping around off the things and everything. So I mean, it's really good, well choreographed, and I really enjoy the fight scenes. And the main character is what they call a clipper, which is what the guy in the film that we were in was was supposed to be, and he's basically the enforcer for the barons. He's a samurai, a samurai, yeah, yeah. essentially a samurai. And one of the, I don't know if they sh- if you saw it, but what, for every person they officially kill for the baron or whatever, they put a big like tattoo on their on them on their body to keep count. Oh, <laughs> I thought that was interesting. So they they established that. Yes, they all the f- do it. First, second episode. Yeah. I don't know, but I've only watched like three or four episodes, mm-hmm. and the number of people he's killed could cover his body in tattoos again yeah. already. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they. Maybe it's the thickness of the tattoo. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, I mean, he's he's one of the he's one of the better ones. He has the one of the one of the up there in the highest amount of kills. The main character. Yeah. Hmm. So. <laughs> He kind of reminds me of Rob Stark in that he's he's like totally loyal to his Baron in oh, right. spite of his Baron being a schlub. Right, right. Okay, I was about to throw, first when you said Stark, I was thinking Iron Man. <laughs> no, no, no. Game Other of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Stark. Other which, branch of the family. <laughs> which just which just started its latest season. I don't even watch the show anymore. But right. But he's he's very you know loyal to a fault. You're right. Rob Stark, a Stark kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking, you know. It's established that his 
his baron is sort of terrible and he's dying mm-hmm. it's like he could just kill him and call and make himself the baron yeah but he doesn't want to do that but if you have a code of honor that's the sort of thing that you don't do if you are a baron that's the sort of thing that you do (laughs) i mean it's established (laughs) like he's dying and he's got a son but his son is a boob samuel tarley and and yeah (laughs) you know it's a it said you know you're not going to be the baron when i when i go yeah you're not strong enough yeah you're a dipshit In order, and also in order to be become a baron, you have to be a badass kung fu fighter yourself as well. Or the other barons will just eat your lunch. Yeah, I mean, personally, you have to be a fighter. They'll send your clippers to get you. Yeah, and they have, and they do, and you know, you fight them off. Okay, (laughs) and boom, there's a show. Okay, right. And there's well, there's one, there's one baron. It's totally female. She's a female baron, and she and all her enforcer clippers, they're they're girls, and she she calls them the butterflies. One of their weapons is like these shuriken type, cre- the shuriken type weapons that are butterfly shaped, <laughs> and they they're, throw they're those. Pretty. What's yeah. a shuriken? Shuriken. A throwing star, Chinese throwing star. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> Ninja star. Ninja star. Okay. La la la. <laughs> and, Which, they, and they wear Japanese robes type stuff mm-hmm. for the most part. So, but they're not Japanese. No, they're not. They're, they're, they're white mi- women. Very mixed. Well, there's there's a few other colored races in there as well, not just all whites. Well, the oh the the Baron the Baron yeah the Baroness uh, the what do they call her. My mind just went blank. I don't remember. Yeah, but she's 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 a redheaded, you know, pasty white woman uh, who's also a kick-ass fighter. Yeah. Oh, white people! Why do they screw everything up? <laughs> God damn it, white people! <laughs> so anyway, we were on a we were in a student film based on that show, and it, we're basically filming a fight scene for the most part. So there's other parts of this film that we haven't seen. <laughs> I, I don't even know what the plot is. Right. Uh, one of the uh, actors. Off, you know, when we were off uh, camera, tried to sort of explain it, and I don't think they even knew. <laughs> like the director is the only one who has the entire script. He's right. the only one who knows, knows how this all is all going to come together. He's going to. I'm sure. I'm hoping he's there for doing the editing then, so he can get it all figured out. Well, I hope so too. Yeah, because <laughs> that's what directors do, right? So I'm told. <laughs> so we had a good time, even though it was hot and miserable out there. The chickers. Actually, toward the end there, I was not having such a good time. I was getting kind of flushed with from the heat. Yeah. But luckily, we ended, I think, just at the right time, and just, and we were let go. You know? Yeah, the shoot was supposed to be from uh, 9 to 1, and it went to from 9 to maybe one thirty. Okay, so it was so, a little late, but little, not, not too long, late. but not you know. bad, and, and it was already getting up into the hundreds, and it was just <sighs> miserable. So. But we made it through and we survived. I'm going to this amazing festival. It's at my house. It has air conditioning and refrigerated everything <laughs> and plumbing and running water. And that's where I'm going to be for the rest of the summer. Thank you very much. I've heard about this. Summer Palooza at my house. <laughs> Stay at home fest. Invite yep. only. <laughs> Starring air conditioning <laughs> and the beer fridge. If only they delivered beer, right? No crowds. No crowds. Yeah. No lines for the bathroom. <laughs> and then we went on another adventure after that that was not steampunk at all, but we had a good time. We did. And that's why we didn't record. Right. Yeah. We, uh, well, we won't get too much into it, but we went to uh, an escape room. Oh, yep. yeah. We did the escape room. Okay. That was yep. fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, we did that instead of recording because, you know, yeah. we want to have fun. Yep. Not that this isn't fun. I really enjoy doing this. Yes. But escape rooms are cool. Yes. Yep. We've done like five of them now. And shout out not to Lockout failed Austin. a single one yet. <laughs> it's a fun time. If if you enjoy solving puzzles and having a good time. Yep. 
we did we did dress up we were the we were the castaways from gilligan's island that's all we need to say (laughs) i was gilligan (laughs) and apparently russ argo has one planned for us that's uh an egyptian themed escape room so we're going to be dressing up sort of indiana jones yes i'm I'm gonna wear my pith helmet yeah that's gonna be that we can do the the english adventure for that one (laughs) we we can we can talk about that one when we do it right okay that that fits the the mod uh, right okay model here so that's why we did not record this weekend and why we're running late. We you regret know. nothing. It was fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's move on. Um, well, well, Tuesday we had a... Uh, wait, we're not going to do that one yet. Let's back up. You I got a book. A, I got a book. Yeah. yeah. You have a book review. Okay, so I, yeah, I finished this what did you read? a couple weeks ago. Uh, I read Gideon Smith and the Mechanical Girl by David Barnett. And I've got a little... Yeah, I gave you that book. Right up here. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Because you, I you bought, bought two of twice. them. Because the cover, when I saw it, looked nothing like the cover I had. <laughs> Completely different cover. Uh, so, uh, 19th century London is the center of a vast British empire. Airships ply the skies, and Queen Victoria presides over three quarters of the known world, including the east coast of America, following the failed revolution of 1775. That took me a little bit, you know, in my American pride. What do you mean we lost? What do you mean there's there's no... Okay. So we just kept reading it. We'll just try to I'll choke it down. It's okay. Right. London might as well be a world away from Sandsend, a tiny village in the Yorkshire coast. Gideon Smith dreams of adventure promised him by the lurid tales of Captain Lucius Trigger, the hero of the Empire, told in Gideon's favorite Penny Dreadful. But when Gideon's father is lost at sea in high in highly mysterious circumstances, Gideon is convinced that supernatural forces are at work. Deciding only that Captain Lucid Trigger himself can aid him, Gideon sets off for London. On the way, he rescues a mysterious mechanical girl, Maria, from a tumbled-down house of shadows and iniquities. Together they go to London, where Gideon is finally met, meets Captain Trigger, and uh, it goes on and on. I don't want to uh, spoil anything anything else here, but... Uh, so, did you like the book? I, I, I did like the book. It was... It seemed a little bit disjointed at first. There's a lot... A lot of characters are introduced sort of willy-nilly, it seemed like. But it, it read kind of like a Penny Dreadful in itself. Okay, cool. Every few few chapters, we, we are introduced to new characters, and uh, the author borrows heavily from other sources. So you've got uh, vampires and uh, Count Dracula mm-hmm. and his... Oh, the Count himself. The, the, the Count is dead, but you get to be introduced to his wife. Oh, okay. Um, the Bride of Dracula. The, uh, yes. You get to be introduced to, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the Doctor from the Dracula book. Uh, Van Helsing? Van Helsing plays a, a, a role. And, and for a while, I'm just like, why is he in this book? I don't understand why we're following these two characters around at all. And I don't think that that was ever really resolved very well. It felt like add-ons, mm-hmm. but but I was okay with that. I, I just I went with it <laughs> because it's a penny dreadful, and they're kind of goofy that way. Right. So, so it, did it fit the steampunk? Our definition of steampunk. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah those, was, okay, so it's definitely a steampunk uh, book. It was not. Uh, I wouldn't call it anti-establishment. Mm-hmm. It was more of an adventure, an adventure theme. Okay, but uh, yeah, it, it hits the other two squarely. Um, well, a mechanical girl, I'm assuming. Right, right. He meets a, a, an automaton girl, 
who uh, is partly made by a Dr. Einstein, <laughs> but not not like Albert Einstein, the, no. the, the physicist, like some sort of weird, quacky inventor Einstein that you never meet. His name is just thrown out there. Okay. And her, she's partly made from a, a uh, artifact that was found in Egypt that had been brought back by, supposedly by Lucius Trigger himself, because all the stories of Captain Lucius Trigger are real and true. Oh, of course. According to his own his own Penny Dreadful. Of course, yeah. Which is why Gideon Smith, you know, wants to find him. <laughs> Unlike the legend Penny Dreadfuls from the TV show we were watching. <laughs> right, <laughs> They yeah. were just books. Just like that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, a, a good run. There's a little bit of mystery in it as you, you're putting these very strange clues together to make it. And the, the writer does a good job of, of piecing it all together to make a, a clean narrative that gets you, you know, from A to B to C, the big overblowing ending, you know, where every everybody comes together and there's the big fights and everything. Mm-hmm. That that was pretty, pretty cool. So did it come to an actual ending or is it there a continuation? Because honestly, I saw two other books written by the same guy that were, I guess, parts two or three of whatever this series is at the Half Price Bookstore. So there's more books uh, yeah. in this series. They're, they're, it does conclude... But it doesn't tie up all the loose ends. Okay. So there isn't a entirely satisfying conclusion, you know, done and done. Okay, that's why there's more books. Okay. So which, I did, I did which not. Which I liked. I liked the fact that you know the bad guy didn't get away, mm-hmm. but his his uh, but but some things ran amok and uh, some and and it's just left out there. It's uh, it leads you on to okay. the next adventure. Yeah, so if you're interested, it's at the Half Price Bookstore right now. <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to make. I, guess a trip. I didn't. I didn't buy them because I hadn't read the first book yet, so I didn't know if I was going to like them. So you know, I'm not going to buy books that I don't know about yet. Right, I understand. You've already got a big enough backlog. As yes, it is. I do. I have a wow. huge backlog. Yeah, yeah, books me too. To read. I have more books than I think I can ever read, <laughs> but of course I need to buy more because <laughs> I'm crazy. <laughs> they keep writing them. What? What's? What's <laughs> what you going to do? So you give it a thumbs up. I'm telling. I'm thinking. I, I do give it a thumbs up. Uh, there were perhaps too many characters, so some of them felt a bit, a bit, uh, and it's not, underdeveloped. It's not even a really huge, thick book either. Eh. It's a you know, regular size. I mean, you know. yeah, it, it's easy reading. It's yeah. a little a bubble gummy. Pages. Yeah. Um, it's not yeah. like you know. Game of Thrones thick. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Or it's not even half that thick, actually, you know. It's got the feel of a Penny Dreadful, but it is a full book's worth of, of, of reading. Mm-hmm. Um, the hero is is uh, heroic, and he, he, he does go through some, some character development, but he's, he remains the hero. There's there's no major... Character flaw? It, yeah, yeah, no character flaw except for him being naive. Okay, and so that sort of resolved through through the book, and uh, he's not like a raging alcoholic or an asshole or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> they have, they, no, but there are characters who are those right. things. I mean, well, there are some heroes out there that are raging alcoholics or you know, <laughs> right. assholes or whatever. And, different in other books, in other but things. right. But by the end of the by the end of the book, the alcoholic is still an alcoholic. The raging <laughs> asshole is still a raging asshole. Well. The alcoholic isn't as asshole as he used to be. Or maybe I'm just used to it now. I'm not really sure. You just got grown used to him. Um, <laughs> he ain't so bad after all. <laughs> and uh, and um, uh, what's his name? Again, from from uh, 
Dracula, uh, Doctor Von Helsing. I expected them to kill him off because oh. he seemed, of all the characters, he's sort of the weakest one uh, <laughs> as far as is, is interesting. <laughs> but no, he's still around. Spoilers. So he'll get a storyline at some bit point. Of a spoiler there. Worth it. So uh, he, he uh, I assume, will also continue. Will show up in a future book, if not the very next one. I'm not really sure. These. <laughs> The, like I said, the author has no problem pulling from different sources. Right. Uh, this has a, a a bit of a Lovecraftian bent to it. Oh. There, there's some references to a, a, a university in New England, but they doesn't they doesn't call it the same name. But you know who you know what he's you know what you're talking about. Right? Okay. And if if that's okay with you, if if you feel like you're you're reading sort of a overdeveloped fanfic. That's okay, because it's a good fanfic. It's fun. I'm looking on uh, uh, Google Books, and they give it a three and a half out of five stars. And yeah, it's about... kind of agree with that. that. Okay. It's it's not great literature, um, but it but it's a fun ride. Okay. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll buy the next book. Awesome. Yeah, check it out. And I look forward to eventually getting around to reading it myself. <laughs> <laughs> Me <laughs> Whenever next. that may be. I'll oh, read yeah. yours next, Sex. Oh, okay. Okay. Awesome. Um, so now, well, let's see. Tuesday, we had our Gears and Beers meetup. Right. But it turned into more of a meeting for facts. A planning <laughs> meeting. Wow. <laughs> a planning meeting. So we're going to call this a commercial facts. What are you doing with this? What was this meeting about? What is so, what's happening that you, that you want to talk about? Okay. So uh, my friend uh, Lisa Lamar, she's into uh, belly dance and Middle Eastern dance. And she runs dance events across the year occasionally. And this started because she, she posted an event for November and she that. just called it steampunk. And yep. I'm like, hello, what? Right. Got my that's, attention. That's in my wheelhouse. What, what's all this about? What are you, what are you doing? And, uh, she was just having a, 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 another belly dance night that she sort of envisioned as steampunk themed. And I said, but we could do so more. <laughs> we could we could make it a whole day event and we could have vendors and fun games and presentations and we could make this dirigible you know, races uh, yeah a, a, a real um, a thing a fun thing all day long and get more people to see your show and would you be interested in that sort of thing and despite my terrible <laughs> uh, suggestion. She said yes. She wanted to do that. She'd love to expand this thing. And I wouldn't call it a terrible suggestion. <laughs> I, neither would she. I th- apparently, this <laughs> th- this interested her greatly. And so, for the last couple months, I've been trying to talk to her and get an actual sit down where we could say, "This is what we want to do. These are the things that I am envisioning. What do you think of this?" And she was down with all the ideas that I was throwing out there. And uh, so this is this is turning into a, a an event, like like an all day, a one day, sort of like a Renaissance fair, but steampunk fair day, a pleasure fair day at the J. Lorraine, J. Lorraine Ghost, Ghost Town, Town yeah, uh, which we talked about before and had gone to events at before. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic space. Yeah, yeah, I've heard it, you've heard it all before. <laughs> um, and we've we've wanted to to have some sort of steampunk event there because it's it's begging for it, and so hopefully we can make this happen. Yes, hopefully. Uh, it is scheduled for Sunday, November the fifth, and I am now looking for vendors who would like to to vend there, and presenters who would like to present like what their what their local club is doing. Like if you've got a an 
airship crew that does things or, or makes up stories or whatever it is you do if you'd like to make a presentation of that sort of thing i would like to hear about it and i would like to make some arrangements it's all outdoors there really isn't going to be any covered space for booths so if you want if you want a, a booth with covering you need to bring a, a pop-up you need to bring your own table and chairs but if you want to vend yeah 10 by 10 foot space is only going to be 20 dollars cash or 40 dollars of inventory that we can raffle off whichever is is best for you if you'd like to do a presentation with your own you know table you can get your 10 by 10 foot square space as well for nothing but you can't sell stuff there it's it's purely you know uh, promoting your your group or your project or whatever it is you're doing uh because we want to see those things we're very interested in them yeah it shouldn't cost you anything yeah if you make stuff and just want to show it off kind of thing yeah yeah, that i I want to find those people and i want to give them a, a venue to show off their their cool stuff so I have in my mind sort of a mental image of uh, Steampunk Square it, in uh, Dickens on the, scra- on the Strand, where all around the edges there's kind of vendors, and then in the middle the airship has their weapons and mm, gadgets yeah, displayed yeah. And that they you have just kind of walk of side, through and, and look at stuff. So that's kind of what I have in my mind is kind of a good mix of vendors selling neat stuff and then like guns and gadgets and yeah, Steampunk yeah. goodies to look at. Or, or science displays. Science, yes. If I could sucker... Um, <laughs> Edwin. Uh, or... or uh, Daniel. Daniel J. Bennis. Ooh, Daniel's uh, famous now, though, you guys. He's, he's going to charge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we could work something out, like, you know, in beers or something. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, we talked to Lisa about... Lisa Turner about mm-hmm. her Turner's Tokens uh, Tribune. Yeah. Uh, and I think... You know, if, if she'd like to just ha- have a, the presentation of that uh, that periodical that she wants to do, she might choose to vend. I don't know. I haven't talked to her about it, but I, I see her fitting in in a different oh, yeah. different places. I, we know lots of people. A lot so, of local people, too. So yeah, yeah. It's not very far to go. It, it's going to be a small event. We're, we're shooting for, you know, 100 people, patrons, to show up. So it's, it's not going to be, you know, huge, but it's a start. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's a first attempt at an event, and it might go over gangbusters. We might get 200 people. I, I don't know. Ooh, I don't know. And now we're dreaming. <laughs> Although I know some of you might be thinking, well, what about Steampunk November? It's like, this is not in competition with Steampunk November. This Steampunk is, November takes It's a different place, weekend. A different weekend. It's a different weekend. And, just because, and there's nothing wrong with having two Steampunk things going on in the same month. You know? Right. There's nothing wrong with that. You can Ste- go to Maynard, Texas one weekend mm-hmm. and go to Dallas the next weekend. Mm-hmm. We're going to. Yeah, we're yeah. definitely going. <laughs> we're going to Steampunk November. Hell yeah. Uh, Steampunk November is the, the next weekend. So you can come to this on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And you have uh, an entire week to recover. It's it's a, a free and open event. So I'm hoping we can pull in some people who are not uh, fully committed to Steampunk, that are new, that don't the cur- know the curious, about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Steam Curious. And, and get them interested and excited and then for the rest of us, we can go to Steampunk November, which is an event by Steampunks for Steampunks. It's our playtime for reals. Yep. Uh, and that we don't miss anything. We we can we can have a good time all the time. That that's what we like, do. Sounds like a good that's thing to do. me. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, if you're interested in vending, contact Fax. 
Yay. And you can contact me through the Texas Steampunk Connection or, you know, look me up personally on Facebook and send me a message. Whatever. I'm, Austin I'm open. Steampunk Society. Yeah, I posted there. I posted to the Central Texas Steampunk Society. Mm-hmm. And there's an event page already set up for it, right? I think there's more than one at this point. Yeah, I think the Ghost Town put one up for yeah. as well. Yeah. All right. So we've got lots of ways of getting in touch with the organizers, and we really want this to be a community effort. Because mm-hmm. she's looking forward to doing it more than just this one time. If it works out, she'll consider doing it again. You know? So yeah, Awesome. Yeah. Let's do this thing. Let's have a good time. Let's, uh, let's see where this can go. It'll be great. I agree. Now Erica has a reading for us. What are you reading again? Uh, I am reading from Ida Pfeiffer's Travels. And I'm afraid that uh, if you recall from our readings of Frost's etiquette, when Frost mentioned the deplorable habit of some travelers where all they can do is complain about everywhere they've been as being not as good at home as being at home <laughs> yeah ida pfeiffer was one of these oh no <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm afraid so now, so this book that you're reading this is the one that you recommended uh last show that was uh on kindle for free i had just started reading it at that point yes okay and i i was very fascinated because ida pfeiffer began her travels at the ripe age of 45 years old Ooh, that's after, old back then right yes after being uh, a widow and having seen her children into productive adulthood, she finally felt free to pursue her own dream of traveling the world. And she did travel considerable distances, mm-hmm. an amazing amount. Like she toured the Middle East. She, she toured the Middle East. She went to Brazil. I'm going to be reading about her Brazil travels. <laughs> she did a lot of traveling, and it was really very remarkable for a woman at that time to do this much traveling, especially by herself, especially as she was not a member of the nobility or you know a a diplomat's wife or any any such you know trappings or titles she was just a regular person who decided i'm gonna go traveling so in that way very admirable um but as you read you find that she is rather constricted by the prejudices Uh of her time Let's get into it. All right. Chapter two, Journey Around the World. Prompted by a boundless thirst for knowledge and an insatiable desire to see new places and new things, Madame Pfeiffer left Vienna on the 1st of May, 1846, and proceeded to Hamburg, where she embarked on board a Danish brig, the Caroline, for Rio Janeiro. As the voyage was divested of romantic incidents, we shall land the reader without delay at the great seaport of the Brazilian Empire. The traveler's description of it is not very favorably colored. The streets are dirty, and the houses, even the public buildings, insignificant. The Imperial Palace has not the slightest architectural pretensions. The finest square is the Largo de Roico, but this would not be admitted into Belgravia. It is impossible to speak in high terms, even of the churches, the interior of which is not less disappointing than their exterior. And as is the town, so are the inhabitants. Most writers, and I'm skipping the racist stuff, okay. Should I skip the racist stuff? Okay. Most writers indulge in glowing descriptions of scenery and climate of Brazil, of the cloudless radiant sky, of the magic of the never-ending spring. Madame Ida Pfeiffer admits that the vegetation is richer, the soil more fruitful, and nature more exuberantly active than in any other part of the world. But still, she says, it must not be thought that all is good and beautiful, and that there is nothing to weaken the powerful effect of the 
first impression. The constant blaze of color after a while begins to weary. The eye wants rest. The monotony of the verdure oppresses, and we begin to understand that the true loveliness of spring is only rightly appreciated when it succeeds the harsher aspects of winter. The next section is entitled Invasion of Ants. Uh-oh. Europeans suffer much from the climate. The moisture is very considerable and renders the heat, which in the hot months rises to 99 degrees in the shade and 122 in the sun, more difficult to bear. Fogs and mists are disagreeably a common, and the whole tracks of the country are often veiled by an impenetrable mist. The Brazils suffer, too, from a plague of insects, from mosquitoes, ants, and sand fleas against the attacks of which the traveler finds it difficult to defend himself. The ants often appear in trains of immeasurable length and pursue their march over every obstacle that stands in the way. Madame Pfeiffer, during her residence at a friend's house, beheld the advance of a swarm of this description. It was really interesting to see what a regular line they formed. Nothing could make them deviate from the direction which they had first determined. It is possible to some extent to protect provisions against their attacks by placing the legs of tables in basins filled with water. Clothes and linen are enclosed in tightly fitting tin canisters. The worst plague of all, however, are the sand fleas, which attach themselves to one's toes, underneath the nail, or sometimes the soles of the feet. When a person feels an irritation in these parts, he must immediately look at the place, and if he discern a tiny black point surrounded by a small white ring, the former is the chigo, or sand flea. Chiggers, they're (laughs) everywhere. And the latter, the eggs, which it has deposited in the flesh. The first thing to be done is to loosen the skin all around as far as the white skin is visible. The whole deposit is then extracted and a little snuff strewn in the empty space. The blacks perform this operation with considerable skill. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's that's not the most racist thing in this chapter. Oh, I know. I know. Just, I, it's making me itchy just thinking about <laughs> this, though. Rich as the Brazils are in natural productions, they are wanting in many articles which Europeans regard as of the first importance. There are sugar and coffee, it is true, but no corn, no potatoes, and none of our delightful varieties of fruit. The flower of manioc, obtained from the cassava plant, which forms a staple portion of almost every dish, supplies the place of bread, but it is far from being so nutritious and strengthening. While the different kinds of sweet-tasting roots are far inferior in value to our potato. The only fruit which Madame Pfeiffer thought really excellent were the oranges, bananas, and mangoes. The pineapples are neither very sweet nor very fragrant. And with regard to two most important articles of consumption, the milk is very watery and the meat very dry. Dry meat in Brazil? Uh, yeah. yeah. That's the, do they cook it different down there than they do with the Brazilian steakhouse here? I'm thinking her hostess just couldn't cook because we have been to Brazilian steakhouses. And they're awesome. And they're amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, so... Uh, <laughs> So there should be a warning that anybody who reads this book, there is a bunch of racist stuff in there. There is a lot of racist stuff. Super, super, like, oh my God. Yeah, she she rails against the the Negroes and the mulattoes and the Indians and the Chinese. And about how ugly everyone is. So ugly, ugly. Except for the Portuguese. They're sort of attractive. Um, (laughs) But it's just awful. It's It's really very shocking and offensive. And of course, at the time that this was written, that sort of attitude was very 
prevalent and no one said or thought anything about it. It's like, oh yeah, you travel everywhere and there's all these inferior colored people hanging around. And it's just like, wow. <laughs> it really it really kind of puts you off. Uh, correct me if, if I'm mistaken, but uh, um, Frost's Book of Etiquette that you usually read, uh, Mrs. Frost is American, right? That's correct. And Ida Pfeiffer is is European. That's correct. I don't know if that has any impact on their their views of of the world, but I imagine Probably it must a little bit, yeah, to some degree that that the year that, that Mrs. Pfeiffer, you know, feels very comfortable in getting away with being a raving racist. So many words that I don't I don't even. And, and Frost, though she probably had her her own. Uh, shortcomings. There, as, there are some, some passages in Frost which suggest that there was some uh, American racism as well. But she had the, but not as blatant as this. <laughs> she had the good breeding enough to know to keep her mouth shut, more or less, in regard to uh, delicate matters. I, maybe I well, hope. Mrs. I don't know. Mrs. Frost suggested that when you travel, you sort of relax your your. Uh, Sphincter, sphincter, a bit. <laughs> that, you, that you relax your 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 prejudices a bit, and that you that you go with what you're when host. in Rome, right, right. You go to other countries, you you participate in the cultures there, and you accept whatever is customary there, and you try to keep an open mind, which. You know, for the time that Frost etiquette was written, that's kind of an amazing attitude to have. Whereas Mrs. Pfeiffer is apparently traveling the world and looking down on all of these people's cultures, and you kind of wonder why she wanted to travel. It it does make you wonder why. I think maybe she's she's coming from a a position of safety in Mm -hmm. Austria. I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, no one is no one is is threatening her life or livelihood uh, in the least there. Right, but in America, you know, it's it's even even in New York and Philadelphia, the the wilderness is not that far off. The That's Wild true. West is at your at your doorstep, and you've got to be you have to be a good neighbor, whether you think <laughs> that the native peoples are ugly or not. You know, right? And later on in this chapter, Mrs. Pfeiffer does have a run in. Uh, with a Negro who, who brandishes a knife at her and her traveling companion. And he's probably sick to, of her shit, too. <laughs> and it indicates by gestures that he intends to uh, murder them and drag them off into the bushes. In that order? I, I believe so. Well, that's just odd. Well, anyway, she she does escape. It's, it's interesting reading. It, it certainly provides a different uh, viewpoint. Uh, it really kind of makes me want to go to Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to go to Brazil anyway. I mean, despite her reports, I'm of the Well, they don't have corn and potatoes. She didn't like all the colors. <laughs> they do have potatoes. Now that now they have potatoes. But uh, And the pineapples are no good. <laughs> <laughs> Brazil pota- I, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think we have any more else to say, really. Um, potatoes are, uh, how, how do they say? Uh, um, not they're not they're a waste of your time when there's good meat to eat. You can get meat. I can agree with that. You yeah. get buckets full of, Heck, of even at the, grilled the, 
meats. Yeah, the oh. restaurants we go to, the steakhouses here, they'll give us tons and tons of meat, and they give us a little bitty bowl of mashed potatoes. Because <laughs> they know you're not going to touch Just it. Just right. yeah. There's no point. <laughs> exactly. So um, I'm not going to say that I don't recommend this book, but I will say there are a lot of, of uh, racial things in it that are very uncomfortable to read. So you really have to brace your your constitution still, for for uh, uh, an obnoxious Austrian woman. It's still very interesting to read. Uh, she goes on and she tours a a uh, manioc plantation where she learns how the uh, manioc root is harvested and processed. I was going to say, what what is that? Uh, manioc is apparently the 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 staple food of Brazil at the time that she travels there. So is it's it, a is starchy it, uh, root vegetable, it's like a tuber. It's a tuber, and uh, uh, they dig it up and they grind it into a fine powder. They dry it. And then they make it into a paste, which they just sort of eat like pudding, I guess. Uh, mm. It's just a starchy. Mm. And, or they make it into like a kind of a flatbread. And that's... A tortilla. Yeah. And that's their staple food. They, they, don't, have, they don't have wheat, obviously. They don't have uh, potatoes. Mm-hmm. So, so they have manioc instead. And then uh, she goes to a coffee plantation where she remarks that the Negroes just don't have to work very hard. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> and describes how the, how the coffee berries are, are harvested and dried. I just want to slap this woman. <laughs> I am reaching back in time and slapping you, Ida Pfeiffer. <laughs> Wow. Um, but, um, solicitations but from Frost. <laughs> reading, reading between the lines, you do see that um, the Europeans were extremely dependent on, on uh, the labor of, of the natives and, and the people of color. It's, it's pretty amazing to think about. Wow. Right. <laughs> okay, well, that... That was a very educational part of our show today. Yeah, that, there you go. Thank you very much. Uh, Free on Amazon. <laughs> Just brace yourself yeah, I, for, for some uncomfortable reading, but otherwise uh, an adventure. <laughs> so I think um, we're going to take a break. We're going to put on some music and then give you a little bit of what's going on in the rest of the month or next month as well. So we'll be right back.
my feet But please try to remember It's natural for a thing like me
Well, that was Steam Power Giraffe, Electricity in My Soul. That's an old school. That's from their first album, and I really enjoyed it. We saw them live at least three times, times now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two or three times, and every time they're a really good show. The first event we ever went to, went to uh, in Austin. Yeah, but they that played. was my first. That was my first theme punk event ever. Um, well, big Clockwork event. Con. Yeah, Clockwork Con. Yeah, and and they never had it again. I know it's so sad, but it introduced me to Steam Power Giraffe, and I really enjoyed that concert. It was really fun. And but they're they're out of California. They don't come out here as often as they used to. But right, so you got to <laughs> throw some money at them. And they're a completely different band now, for the most part. They've changed a lot. <laughs> yes, they have. Yes. <laughs> Literally. So, anyway, what's coming up this month? First off, July 29th, there are two different things. First off, in the, in the afternoon, July 29th, is the, the Pflugerville Library prevents, prevents, presents the Weird West Roundup. They have games of Nerfly nerf marksmanship and quick draw contests and duels. Um, they want you to have a dress up. They have a costume contest for groups and individuals. So dress up in your Weird West steampunk garb and go check them out. It's from two to four p.m. So it's not very. It's not. A, it's not an all-day event, but it sounds like it could be look kind of fun and nerfly and nerfly. A lot of not of nerf guns flying around. It's nerf or nothing. It sounds definitely family friendly. So you know, dress up your children and let them shoot each other. It will shoot guns. you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but for more of the adults that night is we talked about this last time is the gothic prom now as he says not really steampunk per se but there is some crossover definitely mm-hmm. you know because like like they say steampunks are just goths who found brown <laughs> but yeah kind of and we've hung out with them before at, at some events well particularly one event uh, it was a bat bat ride boat mm-hmm. ride that we did with Russ Argo a while back but anyway, DJ Neff and DJ Crescent Doll cordially invite you to a night of darkness, splendor, and crepe, crepe, crepe paper. Shake on the shadows and dust off your dandy crepe duds. Crepe paper. Crepe, crepey, crepe. No. no. Crepe. <laughs> Creepy paper. No. <laughs> I, I think you get those at, at International House of Pancakes. They're delicious. <laughs> anyway, so basically it's going to be a bunch of goth people in July at Elysium. So VIP, t- VIP tickets are available for ten dollars, twelve dollars at the door. There may or may not be any left by now. General admission that's five dollars if you buy it in advance, seven dollars at the door. They're going to have a specialty drink menu, which will be featuring feature for the evening. Drinks to be announced, so stay tuned. They haven't announced them yet. And an extra AC. An extra AC. They're going to have a prom king and queen. So you know, I'm going to set up a link. There's a I'm going to set up a link to the event, and they have other links for buying tickets. And you know, it sounds like a, you know, just follow the things. Very gothy time. <laughs> so that's that's it for July. So we have, but we have a few things in August coming up. Getting into August, who's, right? Who's, who's, who's first? Uh, I have an event at the Hideout Theater. It's called Click Click Whirr, a rhythmic steampunk adventure. Saturdays at 6 p.m. in August. Powered by newfangled inventions and a percussive soundtrack created by the cast on the spot, Click Click Whirr brings a steampunk sensibility to never-before-seen, completely improvised stories exploring Victorian London. Time, space, class, and culture will collide in tales reminiscent of a quaint Dickens story or a cheeky Austen novel with a sci-fi slant. (laughs) All made up in the moment. 
From its streets to its manners, our London is loud and rhythmic, and its driving pulse, cobbled from objects at hand. Wind up your clocks, load your hydraulic revolver, and for goodness sakes, ladies and gentlemen, do not forget your opera glasses. Of course not. <laughs> okay, so it's an improv show. Right. Saturdays at 6. Yeah, the hideout is In improv. August There's at the hideout. Okay. We have been to the hideout before, and it is always a good time. They have excellent coffee. Yes, right. Yeah, the, the stage is right above a coffee shop. Yeah. Right. The coffee is fantastic. And it's a great place. And they're doing this every Saturday this uh, the month of August. Yep. And since it's improv, it's a new show every, every time. Every time. And the Hideout Theater's website uh, does have tickets available in advance for $10 a person, which is an excellent price yeah, for need, a good we need, time. We need to pick a weekend and go. Yes. We will We'll post up when we're going to be going, and we'll go in garb, of we, course. We should go every. Well, well, no, we have other things to do in August as well. We have a lot of stuff going on. But what if we really like this? <laughs> well, then I guess we'll have to go more than once. Okay. Uh, one weekend I'm not going to be able to make it is uh, August 18th because I will be attending CTC Geek Fest. Uh, Always a good time at year. Central Texas College, which is uh, around the Colleen area. Uh, I have gone every year for the last, I think, five years now. I'm bringing it up because the Central Texas Steampunk Society started their group last year at the Geek Fest, mm-hmm. and I know they have a uh, presentation booth that they are they are running this year, and they're going to be running around all over the place in their steampunk finery. And if you live anywhere close to Clean, it's a great place to uh, rub elbows and meet new people and uh, get more involved with uh, them. But it's also just a, an awesome uh, venue for geekdom, be yeah, it comic books, there. Uh, games, anime, <laughs> robots, zombies. Cosplay. Um, I, I love this con because it is it is so diverse. It, it's it's a, a university con that I, I don't see those much anymore, but I remember them in college, and uh, it, they just do whatever they want. SCA, Amtgard. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. All, all the good it's things. all there. So check it out. It Board costs, games, card it games. It costs nothing to get in. Video games. Uh, you can get um, a, a, a paid-for pass that will get you into uh, um, certain sections of the convention where they're uh, uh, showing movies and, and different mm-hmm. things. But it is not necessary for you to pay to uh, show up and attend and find out what's going on. Do they still do Rocky Horror at midnight? As far as I know, uh, the uh, <laughs> website doesn't list uh, anything very specifically. But I do know you need to, uh, to get into Rocky Horror, you do have to pay for the admission fee. Which is, is I'm sure, not expensive. Again, it doesn't list it. So, uh, um, yeah, bring a little cash. And uh, be ready to have a good time. Yeah, and tons of vendors of all kinds there as well. Oh, yeah. Vendors, oh, vendors, yeah. vendors everywhere. A lot of artists uh, and and crafters and, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a shopping extravaganza too. Uh, and then, and then August 24th, uh, back in Austin, Thinkery 21, Come and Make It, hosted by The Thinkery at 1830 Simon Avenue in Austin. Uh, obsessed with Pinterest? 
Are you down with DIY? Are you mad for making? Come one, come all. Think Read 21. Come and make it is Thursday, August 24th from 7 to 10 p.m. Grab a cocktail and a glue gun and enjoy an, an evening <laughs> of making. Scary combination. Tinkering, designing, and drinking. And where else? Tinker, thinkery. Uh, yeah. Wow. I didn't realize they were going to encourage drinking and making with glue. Oh, but there's more. Oh. Furry treats. Austin Humane Society will bring some adorable adoptable furry friends. That is not what I was to the thinkery. <laughs> you bring the snuggles and cuddles with your drinking and your hot glue gun. <laughs> You're going to go home with a dog. <laughs> Possibly attached to you. <laughs> No, no. Uh, make treats and toys to give to your new four-legged friends, too. Make sweet, sweet music. Karaoke like a star with Alamo Drafthouse Cinema and Barrel of Fun. Aw, crap. Mmm, chocolate. Join forces with Serious Chocolate to make, you guessed it, chocolate. Beer, wine, cheese pickings. Uh, and pickling. Oh, my. Learn the art of homebrewing with the team from Austin Homebrew Supply and enjoy delicious delicious samples of beer, wine, cheese, and pickles. I'm there. Okay. Lord, Lord of the Swords. Experience the wonders of Bronze Age technology by learning to sandcast a bronze sword with the sword casting guy. This goes on and on. That's a lot uh, of stuff. Yeah. Uh, lasers make it awesome. The coast over to lasers make it make for a custom laser made coaster. What's cooking good looking? Increase your Texas cooking cred by mastering salsa and tortilla making. Tortilla making is not easy. Metal therapy transform a penny into a design that makes sense to you. <laughs> uh, Illuminati illuminating origami. Illuminati origami. <laughs> Get ready for Creek Show 2017 with Waller Creek Conservancy and uh, Murray Leg Architecture by creating your own light-based art piece. Ooh, that's cool. We glow went to the Waller Creek thing. Silk screen, a glow-in-the-dark patch alongside with Other Worlds Austin. Come and disassemble it. Get the breakdown as you break apart household electronics and items with the ATX hackerspace. We're all booked. Sew a book by hand. Decorate and letterpress print with Austin Book Arts Center. Nailed it. Eh, more like failed it. <laughs> Check out our curated gallery of Pinterest fails. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> meme team. Create your meme, a meme of your very own. More event details coming soon. That is a More lot of events, events already. Yeah, that sounds like that's it a lot It sounds like I'll be able on. to avoid the karaoke very yeah, nicely. There's, other, there's tons of other things to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to slam all of that into three, three hours, hours on a Thursday. Wow. Wow. I'm not going to work that Friday. <laughs> yeah. That that sounds like a good time. I mean, there's, I heard, there's a lot of fun stuff going wow. on. Wow. So if you're a maker of any kind, apparently, <laughs> literally any kind of making, there looks like they're looking into it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and that rounds out August, as far as we know it thus far. Yep. So if you know of anything, let us know, and we'll definitely bring it up, or at least put it on our on our site on Facebook, and, and which which is where you can contact us at Facebook. And it has become quite difficult to to find what's going on in the summer. I don't know if I mean it does seem that those things are happening. But also, I, I'm not seeing people using Facebook the way they used to, which makes it more difficult for us. Right. So we need sources. Uh, and, so, and an example, my roommate just came down and mentioned, hey, my friend's in a steampunk play. And we had no clue. <laughs> yeah, click, click, were The thing that I'm definitely going to see this next month, we just found out about. Had no idea. Yep. Um, 
so yeah if you know something that we haven't mentioned though thus far tell us please uh send us a a, a message uh, we check our inboxes daily yeah. because it's easier than working. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or you know, if you don't want to direct, you don't want, you don't want to direct messages. Like I said, just put it on our page. You know, share it on our page, and let us know. Or if you want to make comments about anything else you heard on this episode, if you uh, uh, were offended by Ida Pfeiffer, as we all were, is anyone else reading this? <laughs> I want to know what you think. <laughs> send, send all complaints through Ida Pfeiffer directly. <laughs> uh, do we have anything else to add? I think that's everything. So, you know, until next time, mind, mind your, your gauges. Thanks for listening. This has been the Texas Steampunk Connection. Opening music was the Texas Steer Rag by George Botsford, recorded in 1909. Please like us on Facebook at Texas Steampunk Connection. Where you will find a link to all the topics we talked about in this episode. Until next time, mind, mind your gauges. gauges.